Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Have you been looking for new music to scratch that itch? I highly recommend After Dark. Their style is very smooth, 90s type music, and I hella recommend, <laughs> I hella recommend checking them out. So, um, today's show is brought to you by them. So if you want to be supportive, just go click their Spotify, check them out. The song Colors is fantastic. Same with Breakaway. And I mean, really, their whole repertoire is pretty good pretty good so sorry so i highly recommend that you check them out hello and welcome back to the conquest of bliss this is your host kara fernstrom and i am here with the fantastic amazing incredible jan ramirez of the 34 questions podcast how are you today jan I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for for those kind words. <laughs> it makes it makes me blush, you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw your face, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> um, so I met Jan uh, doing podcasting, and he has this incredible, like conceptually, especially, and then on top of it, he's good at executing it too, which is always nice when someone has a good idea and then they do it well. Um, this incredible show about well, I'll let I'll let Jan explain it. Can you explain a little bit about what your show is? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do my best uh, to try. But so the, the show is called 34 Questions, where I have guests come on and they choose. Or uh, I think this is, might be new for you, but I do have a wheel of fate now where, you know, we can just spin if, if the guest doesn't need want any pressure, right? Sometimes we feel pressure to choose numbers. So, yeah, so there's numbers, there's questions for each number, one to 34. And Every show is a little different. Different, uni- it's unique because you know the numbers aren't always the same. The questions aren't always the same, but the central theme of everything is to basically have something where we can leave a part of ourselves for the future. You know, like the whole idea is that we can't know everything about the past, um, but this way it's like trying to get to know these just us regular folks. You know, people who aren't in the news or anything like that. You know, and yeah, make it very. Uh, I don't know if it's going to make sense, but it's objective and subjective in a way, right? Like, <laughs> it's everyone's point of view, but also because it's everyone's point of view, it's, you're seeing all sides. So, yeah, that's that's what it's about. <laughs> totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Is like enough subjectivity can lead to objectivity. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, the thing that you didn't mention, which is my favorite part, is is the fact that it's it's so much about posterity and legacy for the everyman you know someone doesn't have to be a content creator to have that posterity and i think that that's so cool that's how you sold me on it oh no yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm honestly you know happy to have that that practice to keep saying it i think that's the one thing you know i haven't done too many podcasts to talk about my podcast <laughs> but uh yeah it's like getting that st- like get my story straight. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Like, you know, one big thing about, I think it was with stand-up comedy where I forgot who said it, but someone said like, you have to get used to telling your story and get used to say, saying it the, the way you want to, to get it, get it away, get it come, make it come across the way you want it to. So you're right. I totally forgot about that. That's something <laughs> I need to make sure I always bring up because I'm always like, oh, like, am I taking too long? You know, so it sounds oh. fun when I'm when I'm explaining it. So go ahead. I promise that you're not going to be taking too long on this show because, like I said, I mean, I just fell in love with the concept immediately because I think, I think that there's so many people 
who want to leave a mark, but they're afraid, you know, they, they want to be humble, or they want to be all sorts of things. And I think the fact that you not only give a platform, but encourage people to open up and some of the questions. Okay, so I have a question for you. What do you okay. think is the most, I'm trying to look for a word that invasive makes it sound bad. That's not quite the word that I want the most penetrating and intimate question on that list. Can you think? Oh, off the top of my head. Um, hmm. I mean, I would say the, the one that trips people up is sometimes in the warm up when I ask them about, you know, what could I do to honor you? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's always like, damn, man, like, I didn't know it was that serious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that one, I think it's a reaction just because it's one of those constant um, questions that I, I put throw out there. But if I was going to think of one that's kind of evasive, I mean, I'm always like bracing myself to see what kind of reaction <laughs> I get from somebody. Uh, it would might be, it might have to do with uh, like, what would you self-diagnose yourself with? You know? Oh. Um, yeah, that, that one, I think it makes people like kind of, I don't know if they're, I, I want to believe they're telling me the truth, but it could be, you know, maybe they want to come off a certain way to me and my audience. But yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> Fascinating. And now I'm like, what would I diagnose myself with? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that kind of leads right into my next question. And it's not all going to be about your podcast, but again, huge fans. So, um, but my next question is about, have you answered all of those questions for yourself? You know, I haven't. I haven't yet, um, but I'm excited to um, because, you know, it's all about content, right? And <laughs> I feel like I, I should just so I can show, you know, whoever's watching that I'm willing to answer those questions. And too. be vulnerable as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if, if you felt that way as a guest, but I know for me, I, I'm always trying to gauge the level of comfortability my guest has, right? So if mm. I feel like someone's being really closed off, I will be more vulnerable and just to show them like, hey, I'm, I'm here with you. And like, you know, I'm willing to talk about the same things you are. Uh, so it really depends. So mm-hmm. it kind of work, works against the folks who are already open naturally. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't hear about me more, but it's really about them. But yeah, so I do want to answer it. And I have like all these ideas with, uh, you know, what 34 can be uh, as far as like, Uh, a brand so you know maybe 34 answers you know like if I write down all the answers to to each question Mm -hmm. then maybe it could be something I could uh, make money off of I don't know (laughs) I have some cool ideas too but I'll wait until another time because I don't want to spend the whole time spitballing here Um, (laughs) but uh, so uh, let's hear a little bit more about the man behind the show Um, you want to talk a little bit about sort of what led you there and and you know, was it was it an easy ride or was there some challenges along the way, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, I started, I'm 31, uh, started the show when I was 30. So it's only really been like a year or so of me trying, trying this out. Uh, but I will say back when I was in high school, there was this one teacher who kind of like invited me and a few friends to, to start podcasting on the weekends. And yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like when I was 14, 15, like this, this lady was like, hey, you know, you guys could be spending your time more constructively. So why don't you spend your weekends here and, and uh, create podcasts? And <laughs> super shy back then. Like, you know, we, we heard ourselves recorded and we're like, ooh, this is kind of hard <laughs> to hear. But we like the idea of recording ourselves. So we showed up on Saturdays to do this thing. 
And so that's that's like the first taste of podcasting I got. And after that, I didn't think about it again. <laughs> I what thought an it was incredible like, story. <laughs> like I didn't know it, there were podcasts in 2004. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, they were just feeds on, you know, blogspot.com. I think that's where our ours lived. Um, and it was it was student, you know, it was all students running it. We had a couple adults kind of just like telling us to keep it uh STEM related. <laughs> so I think that was a difficult part and that that like kind of hindered our creativity it was like, oh, we gotta do this like at school. So we didn't really like get get into it like, you know, with our personality, which is interesting to think about. Like if I was gonna do something like that nowadays, I think I would encourage kids to talk about what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand understood from the teacher's perspective is like, I got to sell this to my bosses. So <laughs> we got to do this uh, STEM related. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> we're both clearly podcast hosts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I think is really cool about like, you know, if you were to teach kids and do it that, do that, oh gosh, um, then you would have the opportunity to teach them how to make links between things, right? Because a shocking number of things are connected to STEM if you're creative enough. Right, mm. um, like you can you can turn almost any conversation into science and tech, if oh, if, you, sure. if you really want to, you know. So oh yeah, everything kind of like drifted towards tech. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, it was about new gadgets and uh, you know what was going on that was going to help improve the world. So yeah, we we tried our best, and you know we had different partners and like different. It was maybe a group of eight of us, and we we kept we would switch, you know, topics and switch who would work with each other. So, yeah, I mean, like I would love to get those those people back on like thirty four <laughs> questions just to be like, hey, this is full circle coming <laughs> all around. Um, and I have yet to interview the uh, the lady who who introduced it to to us, but I'm working my way. Like you know how. There's six degrees of separation. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm one one degree away. So hopefully <laughs> I can get her on and tell her. Oh, I bet she will. Like, I mean, I although I don't know, because I asked my seventh grade teacher to come on and she's like, I really appreciate your offer. And I was like, Oh, okay. But honestly, she was like the coolest, coolest lady. And she gave me a reason. I don't remember what it was. I was I remember not being offended because I was like, oh, I was so excited that I was talking to Mrs. Kadar that it didn't really matter what she said. Um, so shout out <laughs> Mrs. Kadar. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to teachers. Shout out to teachers, yo. For sure. Um, but yes, uh, so from from that very beginning at 15 to to like, so my, my first dream was to be a rapper. And, you know, I mean, I say dream in quotations too, because, you know, you have a dream, but do you really work at it? And it was mm-hmm. one of those things for me where like, I don't think I really put the work in. Um, so <laughs> at a certain point, you know, my dad was like, you're not a famous rapper. What are you going to do with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, let me try to create a clothing brand. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me, what I wanted to be about. And it was called Hella Hungry. Um, maybe it, it it was interesting about Hella Hungry, though, like I said, you know, clothing brand. But what I really wanted to incorporate was interviewing people. Like I would ask me and my homies to go around and like have people wear my clothes and kind of talk about what made them Hella Hungry, like what they were motivated to do in mm-hmm. life. Um, so there goes that, that element of interviewing that I just couldn't get, you know, stay away from. And then, you know, after three years of, you know, also quotation marks running a clothing brand, <laughs> 
Um, I'm not a very business minded person. And like, you know, that's one thing my friends kind of hate about me is that like, you know, if I was a little bit more, maybe I could hang with them, you know, as far as financial wise. But since I'm really, <laughs> I'm, since I'm an artist, <laughs> I have to be comfortable with just, you know, li- living in, in the flow. Right. So after that, uh, quarantine happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started working for a, one of those self-driving car companies. <laughs> and yeah, and I would, uh, I had the, the graveyard shift. So I'd be working like 11 p.m. to like 8 a.m., um, you know, being the person to make sure it doesn't crash into anything uh, <laughs> as, as it's get, getting more information. But to kill my time, I had podcasts to turn to. Uh, so that became my thing for, for like throughout the week. Every day would be a different theme, you know, and I have my, crime day where I listen to all the crime podcasts <laughs> and my com- comedy day where I listen to all the comedy sports and all that stuff so uh, that's how my week was sprinkled and then uh, you know I it sucks because I don't want to like you know downplay anybody that's doing podcasting or anything but you listen and you're like I like talking to people I like you know getting to know people on a different level like maybe I can try to do this uh, so that's when <laughs> the idea came about. And I remember, like, I don't know if, if it's the same for you, if you ever had to just, like, stay up super late. But, you know, I would be up 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and all these ideas are just, like, pounding in my <laughs> yes. head, right? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm all like, man, it's true. The, vi- the vibrations are a lot less during this time. So, like, my, my, my <laughs> thoughts are super clear. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was sitting there, and I was, like, on break, looking up names for that were not taken <laughs> for, for podcasts. So I was like, you know, Fireside Chat, which has like a thousand variations already <laughs> taken. Well, or I'm like, glad you took ahead. the time yeah. to do that because I'm always disappointed when I find a really good podcast that's the same mm-hmm. name as like 30 other ones and then I can't find it again. So I'm glad you yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, there, there's a few, I think there's 31 questions and like 21, but there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot of like number and then questions. So it, it worked out. And 34 is like, I don't know, been a special number for me since I was growing up, uh, mainly because of sports. But as I've gotten older, like, I don't know, it, it, it hella fits me, I think. I don't know if you believe in numerology or anything, but I had to look it up. And uh, 34 was like, holy shit, that's me. You know, it was like one of those moments. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know if I believe in numerology. I certainly won't, wouldn't say that I don't believe, like I believe against it or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't feel yeah. solidly on either side. No, um, I hear you. I hear you. So like, and I mean, I really love stories like that because you just really went ahead and pursued your art and clearly had a very supportive backing because most people can't go from one artistic endeavor to another and have people still still backing them. So that's really, really cool. Um so how like so did you end up so you, you ended do you still do the self-driving car thing? No, I don't. So <laughs> a part of my journey is that I've had about maybe 14, 15 jobs in like 12 years or so. Uh and I just keep I keep chugging along. So <laughs> after that experience, I am now back working with the youth. I uh work for a high school in in the Bay Area. And yeah, I'm just working with teenagers. I'm trying to you know, find a way where I can, like I said earlier, get them to talk about what they like and, you know, uh, try to put them, 
give them that that confidence to kind of like put it out there and see where it goes if they're interested which is the hard part but i know there's <laughs> they're out there i know they, they're looking for a way to express themselves and uh yeah i'm just i'm hoping that i can do that for them that's a perfect fit i mean i know that we've only really had like a total of like you know a couple of hours of conversation between us but you know knowing you as well as i do now i feel like that's a perfect fit <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Honestly, I think a lot of people in my life have been kind of telling me that, like, oh, you you should have been doing that since long ago. But you know, I'm stubborn and I try to make things happen. But yeah, I mean, I think it is like if I was gonna have my alter ego, my day job, it would be in some capacity working with the youth, no doubt. So that leads me to some questions. First mm-hmm. of all. Is it terrifying? I feel like if I were working with youths, I would be terrified of setting a bad example somehow, you know? So is that like scary? Because they're like little, like, I mean, even teenagers are like sponges. They see everything. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm ever terrified of setting a bad example. I don't know if that, that like, I don't know, gives me an edge working with, with students or anything. Um, I think my approach is is beneficial. Like, this is where I, it gets kind of hazy because I know there's some folks, like, especially some supervisors who might be like, oh, there goes Jan again, thinking he's ways the right way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I think there's something to building trust and authenticity and relationships with kids. Um, and, yeah, for me, it's it's like... I'm, I'm trying to find that balance where the, the the student themselves doesn't just feel like I'm an adult trying to tell them what to do or mm-hmm. anything, but also someone who's going to try to hold them accountable and keep them safe because that's my job is to keep them safe. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I think for, for most kids, they understand like, okay, here's this dude who's trying his best to like, you know, um, be kind, be understanding, but also kind of like he has to get me from this class to this class this in a certain amount of time, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to believe they understand. <laughs> I'm never <laughs> I'm never 100% sure, but through their actions, I think they do. And I'm, I'm super grateful because, you know, I think kids will vibe with that, you know, with authenticity. Even if I look like a fool or, you know, I... They can see me, they see the stress in my face because I'm trying to decide whether or not I should let them to have cookies before lunch or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting balance. Never afraid to, uh, um, never afraid about, yeah, to set a bad, bad example. <laughs> because, you know, honestly, I think that makes me look more human. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I tell a kid like, hey, this is, you know, they ask me like, why'd you leave that self-driving car job? Like, weren't you making a lot more money than working, working with <laughs> us? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I told them like, you know, when, when you're young, you kind of like care. I, th- I mean, I'm like I said, I'm an artist, so maybe I have a different perspective about this. But, you know, like you, you will care about the money in the beginning. And then as you get older, you start caring about your time. Um uh, mm-hmm. And one kid was like, well, my mom works like three jobs or whatever. And I'm all like, you know, for me, I was like, oh, shit. Like, what do I say? Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I go home and do my podcast, you know. Uh, but, you know, I was able to think like that's the moments that caught me up, catch me off guard. And I have to think of like something on the spot. And I'm like, well, the difference between you, me and your mom is that you, she has you and your brother, you know, like, and I'm sure she works 
that many jobs because she has to, you know, provide for you guys. And he got it after that. But it was one of those things where, like, you know, he's the like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I love that you're talking about authenticity. I feel like that's been a theme for me lately. Like just that word I've heard a lot. And I and I love like, okay, so stay with me here. I think it's really cool <laughs> that your day job and your moonlight job or whatever they call that non, you know, non well-paying <laughs> nighttime <laughs> job that people always have. Um, you know, between those, like everything, everything you do is based on relationship building. And I think that that's really cool. So my question, because I do have one, is <laughs> um, a lot of people are, are not good at relationship building. Do you feel like you're just lucky or did like does that come naturally to you or were these skills that you had to build over time? For sure. For sure. I mean, so relationship building It's funny. I just had to write. I had to create this training about connecting with high school youth. <laughs> and it was about <laughs> building relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and this was the problem. Like it was for a, a job interview. And I was worried that this job was going to be looking for, you know, specific examples related to text or like any studies or anything. And I'm here <laughs> going off my like experience. Like, oh yeah, you should be kind to people because that's, <laughs> that works in my life. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. It's the funny thing about relationship building for me is that, like, I grew up an only child. And um, I think when I was trying to navigate through my young, young life, I was like, well, you know, I want to connect with my friends somehow. And I think a part of it is like maybe genes, you know, and it's in my DNA because my, mm -hmm. my folks are generally friendly people. Uh, so seeing them navigate through the world and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I can be like my dad, say hi to everybody, you know? So th that's, I think, one element to it. But yeah, I think the only child has something to do with it too. It's just mm -hmm. like being in my head a lot <laughs> when, when I'm not around people. So when I'm around people, I just want to like... And it's funny, like, I don't necessarily want to talk about myself. It's just that I want to hear more from other people's minds. Like, mm -hmm. maybe it's because I, I, I just hear my voice in my head all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think, damn, you made me think about it like. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well, super, yeah. super interesting. And I would say that like, and this is just a supposition, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like the only child part would play in as well, because as a child, there was a need, right? Because I have two brothers and no matter what I did as a kid, I mean, less so probably as an adult, but I don't even really know. I'm not about to <laughs> test it. But as a kid, like. At the end of the day, I never had to worry about, I mean, I still made friends, but I never had to worry about it because my brothers were stuck with me. So even if I was like, you know, a bratty little asshole, it didn't really matter because I had built in friends. I always had someone to play with and someone to annoy and all that fun stuff. Whereas being an only child, you don't have that sort of unconditional, your parents will beat your ass if you're not their friend um, <laughs> kind of relationship. So that's interesting. Never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So what about, so in that, tell me more about this document that you wrote. What uh, what tips did you give in the document for relationship building? All right. Well, let me, uh, let me try to, you know, say without taking too long. I know. You really I don't know have to I, worry about that. Yeah. You're not the host. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> try to get over it. Try to get over it. But all right. So some of the things I mentioned was, um, so there's four stages that I, I, told them to follow. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is introductions. 
Um, second one is building. Third is estab- uh, reinforcement. And the fourth is establishment. Um, and each one, you know, like I didn't put time limits on it because I feel like building a relationship with anybody is dependent on both people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but those in general are like, I think the four stages. Um, let me actually give me like 10 seconds to pull this up. because. All right. So while um, you're pulling that up. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, relationship building has come up in my life a lot as well lately, um, just as far as like conversationally. So I'm finding it very interesting because a lot of people have challenges with it, you know, whether it be that they don't respect boundaries or any number of things. And it's it's hard to know, like it's hard for people who don't already know to know where to even start because it seems like people are just a monolith. You mm. know? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, I pulled it up. I could give you more details on it. Uh, so introductions, I talked about uh, importance of being warm, um, open mind and open ears. Uh, you know, no pressure is big, I think, mm-hmm. for introductions. Um, you know, if your warmth isn't reciprocated, it's like, you know, it really, I think re- the core of it all is taking time to build mm-hmm. relationships. And then <laughs> the, the last part of introductions is talk about appropriate interests and hobbies. You know, <laughs> I like that you put appropriate. Yeah, yeah, well, this is specifically for high school students. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was like, uh, if there's anything you can offer them to take a step forward, you know, like you could think about that. And this is specifically for that. But in adult build, like relationship building, I think I don't know if this is something I would necessarily throw out there, you know, like <laughs> offering to help them take a step forward. Uh, you know, because I think that opens up. Go ahead. That's how your reaction. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, yeah. you know, what's really interesting is I've actually um, been doing some reading about PR and stuff, and it talks about relationship building as well. And um, one of the th- cool things is that, yeah, absolutely one of the best ways to make an introduction to, person, to a person even as an adult is, hi, my name is Kara, and this is how I can help you without asking for anything back. So very, very similar, th- themely, themely, that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thematically. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, the reason why I was hesitant to kind of include that with, like, you know, with adult relationship building is that, you know, I think people already, not everyone, but people are already kind of thinking about that. Like, I know there's friends of mine who kind of say, like, when I meet new people, the the thought runs through their head, like, well, what what is this person going to do for me? Like, what am I going to get out of this person? Which, you know, it's a, I don't know if that's the right way, um, but I don't think my friends are alone. I don't think they're the only folks that think that way. So, I don't think so either, but, you know, yeah. I think I have a life hack. So, you know, okay. um, yeah. the thing is, okay, so <laughs> stay with me, okay? Um, but when we are kind to one another, when we help one another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we get dopamine. You know, everybody's like, ooh, this feels good, you know. So even if the way that you get something from someone is by being, you know, a mentor or a helper in their life, as long as they're not abusing it, of course, like I'm not advocating for dropping boundaries. But if if you're the type of person who thinks that way, you can be like, what could I get out of this person? At the very least, I could get, you know, um, what's that word? Uh, experience. I know the word experience. You can get experience. <laughs> in being helpful or you could get feedback on yourself all sorts of things that aren't quite so tangible so that so that you can still have the goal of helping someone 
and that be what you get back. Does that make sense? I feel like it yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. in my head. <laughs> no, no, it, it totally makes sense. It's totally, and that, then it made me think about, so why would anyone not want to offer what they had, right? If there was mm-hmm. going to be the dopamine and the experience, why would someone not want to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I can do for you. And I'm like, how many people know what they can offer? You know, like how many Good people are, question. right? Uh, no, that's what made, what made me think. So, <laughs> now that if I, if I um, you know, am able to, to work with the youth in this capacity again, like at least now I have the confidence because of my podcast to be like, well, if anything, if there's anything I could give you <laughs> is to figure out how you can get on camera and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I didn't have that, then I'd probably be silent again. Like, okay, well, in, I could just bring a vibe. I can, you know, bring my energy, but which I think is already enough for a lot of mm-hmm. folks who, who can bring it uh, and give that positive energy. Um, I think that's more needed in in the world these days. I don't know. Yeah, yeah if there was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go on to the next piece because I'm actually really excited. Oh. I think feel like this is bringing out really good conversation. Um, but the, uh, the other thing, yeah, is pretty much what you just said is like, the ability, like if, if you're not good at it, try and figure out how to um, get good at just holding space for people so that, you know, like you hold space for people. Like one of the things that I always do with my friends is they they send me a message or, I, or sorry, if I'm upset, I send them a message and I say, like, I'm having a hard time. Are you available? And then one of the things that they often do back and we kind of do this back and forth is asking, are you looking for advice or just space? Right. Because a lot of people go and they're like, oh, I had the worst day at work. You know, Jan accidentally elbowed me in the nose and my nose started bleeding or whatever. And someone's like, oh, well, you know, you could take him to HR. And I'm like, I don't want to take Jan to HR. I just want you to listen about how frustrated I am, you know. And and OK, I got really ranty there. But I think you understand what I'm going with. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think my partner would appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's something that, that she always tries to, to get me to kind of think about. Because, you know, I feel like I, I naturally want to help her out and help fix things and all that stuff. But sometimes it's not about that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just about really giving giving that space. And I think my partner's definitely helped me kind of be able to do that for other folks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of trying to fix things, you know, like, like I said, just, just listen. And, you know, because it's, it's better to, I guess, it feels better to have someone there you can say it to, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just like saying it by yourself, which I think is still something I'm trying to work on and get used to. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, I was talking to my friends about like, you know, how we build these walls that are so high and like, is it ever going to be possible for us to just live without walls like that and what it would kind of take for us to, to get to that point. Um, but yeah, I think... <laughs> That's it's such a, an interesting yeah. conversation. Yeah. I okay. I, I'm gonna. I, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if it's possible without like something to guarantee that people are not going to trample all over the, you know, people. Like I think boundaries are so necessary right now, and I'd love to live in a world where they weren't. So I'm really interested, but I want to hear what's next. Tell me okay. more yeah. about building. For sure. All right. So. After introductions, you want to start to build the relationship. And this is where I think the two biggest things uh, come up, which is trust and respect. You know, um, either one could go first, but <laughs> the way I wrote it was respect was came first. And, uh, you know, this is 
basically, I think, where you can draw from stuff that you remembered from the introduction. Mm-hmm. I think that shows a lot of respect if you can show that you were listening the first time around, you know? <laughs> yep. uh, so, yeah, bringing up those hobbies that maybe they mentioned or, you know, um, maybe they talked about their favorite, whatever you had asked them in those introductions, just kind of like throw it out there just to be like, hey, you know, I, re- I remember that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I think that's a quick way to kind of show respect is, um, you know, bring that up. And then trust. Trust is, uh, you know, when you had offered them something you could do, like, oh, I could do this for you. Following through, I think, is, is huge when, when it comes to that. It's, it's mm-hmm. small. Maybe it doesn't, hopefully it doesn't, t- you know, take too much energy from you. But if you can follow through uh, with, with whatever con- was included in the conversation, I think that's a quick way to build trust. So those, like, I know trust and respect are like huge, uh, huge <laughs> concepts. Yeah, yeah that, that go over time. This is really in that, that immediate second stage, maybe the next week that you see them or like, you know, the second meeting that you see them. You could kind of bring that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah. Even further to your trust point, another way, you know, kind of back to that holding space thing, another and that vulnerability piece is another way to build trust with people. And it's it's really weird. I can't remember what the study was, so I can't say if it's like legit or not. But there was a study that said that you know, um, asking people for small favors that don't actually take anything away from them helps build trust, right? So so allowing people to hold space for you, you know, like saying I need someone to talk to or I need to admit this thing, even if it's not a big thing can also help build trust because you're showing that you're not only going to, because people get worried about control and power dynamics and stuff like that, even subconsciously. So when you allow them to sort of hold that power position, even for a couple minutes or seconds, that goes a long way towards trust too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. One of the things like with the high school I work at right now, you get into a lot of like power struggles with students Mm or the, the students kind of engage you in a power struggle and I never do it. Like, you know, they're, they're like, you know, hey, it's five minutes to go inside. Like, I don't want to go in. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to go in. Like you, I, I tell them like, you know what this choice is going to, you know, result in and like, it is your choice. And I'm never, yeah, I'm never ever. <laughs> and that's why I, I think maybe some people might be like, hey man, you're not doing a job. But <laughs> That's a part of trust building is allowing them to maintain their autonomy. You know, even Mm. if even if it's a pain in the ass for you, (laughs) you allow them that, which, again, trust building. So really interesting. Okay, let's hear the next part. I'm I'm having so much fun. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy you like this training because then, you know, now I could be like, hey, you know, someone found it in- in- entertaining at least. Uh, and then the next one is reinforcement, where the other two concepts I introduced is consistency and authenticity, mm. which I think is like level two of trust and respect, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so consistency, you know, I just say showing up um, and like uh, I'll read a little blurb. It's like for some students, things in their life might not be dependable. So for us as adults, maybe a lot of things in life are undependable, uh, whether it be friends or, you know, having a meal at home. So as a staff, you know, showing up consistently will show your students that you can be dependent on um, offering to like attend a game that the students are participating in or and actually being there in the stands, right? Like I, I think that's kind of huge uh, that shows your con- your consistency and your respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, consistency for me, which I've always kind of had trouble with too, is the showing up part. 
so like I think that hits home for me, like especially when it comes to working with youth is like you don't you literally don't have to do much. But if you are there every day and they see you every day, one of these days are going to be like, they're going to crack a joke at you. They're going to make fun of your shoes or anything. <laughs> Some kind of engagement just because you're there all the time, you know? So I think that's huge when it comes to working with youth and I think with the adults as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So I have questions about everything. Um, cool, cool. But before I have asked that question, I forgot a question last round. So... Mm-hmm. Can you just tell me very quickly what what does it mean when you say respect? People mean such wildly different things when they say respect. So I'm just curious, when you say show respect to your new friends or the students that you're mentoring or any of that, what does respect look like, especially when you're looking at the power dynamic? So I think respect to me is... Do you, like, do you have the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes? Mm. I think is the highest like form of respect, right? Like, um, if if I can feel like, like, so with students, you know, they're giving me a hard time all day. When it gets to the point where I'm like, yo, I give them a serious look, or a, you know, I change my tone, that they can realize like, yo, Jan never ever does this. So <laughs> uh, now they they could see like, yo, if I was given if my like I don't know little brother was giving me a hard time about this stuff you know all this all these things I'm hoping like and I don't know for sure that they can see it from my point of view and that's why they they kind of you know kind of do what I ask them to do uh but yeah I think as a as a person too like I I think we had talked about this on on my podcast the Ted Lasso show or something (laughs) uh I don't know Maybe. if you remember, but do you watch Ted Lasso? Or have, ever heard I've of it? never even heard of that. I'm sorry. Or maybe I have no. on your show and my memory's like a sieve. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> well, it came up again. That's why. And the, the past couple episodes have been really good. Anyways, there's, there's something that happens in the character's life where he says, I never want anyone's uh, like pain to go past me. You know, it's like I always want to like recognize that everyone's going through something. Um, and and never and let that you know writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, and I think it hit me because that's how I kind of approach people. It's like I really do think people are hurting inside, mm-hmm. and I, I never, and which I think is true, right? Like we don't say it out loud, but I think it's it's something why it makes me like you know able to build relationships is because I kind of recognize that there's pain and like, you know, I'm easing myself into that person's world, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and yeah, grace so. for that pain. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so my question about this, this topic actually now uh, with the consistency is you mentioned that you struggle with consistency. I also struggle with consistency and have my whole life. So how, what do you do? What do you do? How do you, how do you make that not a problem? You know, I've been, you know, thinking about that, honestly. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's it's that part of me where, like, I don't want to, I'm working on not overthinking. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, the consistency part of showing up is, is it has to do, like, it has, it works with less thought. <laughs> the more you're going <laughs> to think about it, the harder it is to show up. Uh, so for me, personally, that's, that's how I can kind of been doing it. It's like, if I don't think about it, or if I can get my mind off the reasons why I'm like nervous or anxious, then you know I can I can show up. And generally, it's always a better time, right? Because of the the experience, or you know, just going through with it is 
it, it always feels better. I think mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a time where it's like, damn, I should have just stayed at home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And it's like you know, um, yeah. The the better you can build it in, so that you don't have to think about it, the better. Totally makes sense. All right, I'm ready for I'm ready for section four, phase four. All right, and then I guess this is my favorite part is uh, the establishment part. Where things are smooth and like you know, <laughs> you're you're doing your secret handshakes with uh, with whoever you're building a relationship with. Uh, so, and you know, like I said, also this is geared towards students, but mentorship starts you know happening. You know, I think this is where kids feel more comfortable to ask you like, "Oh, Jan, I got this date on Saturday. Like, you know, should I do this or that?" <laughs> or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all it's always fun. It's always fun, um, and. <laughs> I never like, I try to be aware of what advice I'm giving. Mm-hmm. And I always try to like bring it to a point where like, yo, this is really just coming from me. But if you ask me from my experiences of what I've learned and, you know, if it works for them, like, because it's terrible when you try to give the best advice you give and it doesn't work out for that person. <laughs> and they're like, why the hell did you like <laughs> steer me that in that direction? And all you can really say is like, well, I didn't make, I didn't make the choice you came to me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, mentorship can start occurring and this is the establishment phase. So, you know, the more I think growth, personal growth that person feels, then I think that's the more like, that's when more respect, authenticity, more, more solidifying of the relationship starts happening. And, uh, the last part is empowerment, you know, like, because you had said you could offer, something in the very beginning and you consistently have done that and it's like I think you're beginning to empower someone or like you're leaving your your imprint your mm-hmm. your mark or you know if anything memories of you being around this person uh, so yeah I well, think uh, and what's nice. really cool okay so like this whole time that you've been reading this stuff what I think is really cool is that you don't necessarily have the words for what you're describing and So like one of the pieces that you were just talking about has a lot to do with humility, right? Um, Mentorship has so much to do with humility. If you try, even if you've got trust with someone, to pretend like you have it all figured out, people see through that immediately. Where if you go, you know, I don't really know, but (laughs) this has worked for me, you know? So I think that that's just super duper. Um, Why did I say that? Um, I'm very tired today. You're fine. You're fine. And uh, because you brought up humility, I just want to throw another. Yes. You know, I, I swear I don't work for Ted Lasso, but uh, <laughs> there's a there's a line about humility that it was the first time I ever heard it was was through the show, and it was humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I love that. So, That's you, so yeah. good. Because yeah. yeah, like I spent like a. a probably an unreasonable chunk of time trying to like figure out how to, and I did not do a very, I did not get where I wanted to, but trying to figure out how to describe the differences between low self-esteem and humility and confidence and arrogance and how those four concepts interplay with each other so much. And they're so poorly understood because like you want humility and confidence, but a lot of people mistake those for low self-esteem and arrogance and it gets real messy. Um, So I love that that was just so simple and brief because I worked (laughs) on it for a long time and did not come up with anything. Uh, (laughs) I'm not taking credit for that one. (laughs) Is this like a fictional television show? 
It is. It is. It's and it's um you know it's one of those things where it's like the the plot is very uh very outrageous. Basically, this this dude from who coaches American football in college gets hired by a a football team in in England or I don't. Oh, so like a soccer Europe. team. Yeah, soccer team. And like, yeah, I want to say football for all the football fans out there. But yeah, American football coach gets hired for a soccer to, to coach a soccer team for the intention of failure, you know? And, uh, but like, you, if you check out the first episode, Ooh, you, you kind of get the Okay, vibe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that afterward because I think that's just fantastic. Um, no. <laughs> so uh, before we move on to our finding out where you are and all that fun stuff. Um, is there anything else that you want to add about relationship building that you maybe notice that people struggle with or like, how do you build the confidence for the first step? Any of that? Yeah. Uh, well, the one thing I wanted to mention that, you know, reading over this, I remembered I failed to mention was our biases, you know, and kind of like what what we see isn't always the truth, right? So, mm-hmm. like, if I go up to a student, I'm like, man, that student was really hard to work with. And it's like, no, nah, man, like, <laughs> maybe it was hard to work with for you, but, you know, for other folks, it's, it's a lot easier. So that's that's one of the things I, I forgot to mention is that, like, it's okay to, to not get along with everybody or for relationships not to build that easily. Um, it's really, like, you could really just focus on what, what energy you give and and let see what happens after that. And even the people who don't really, you know, engage with you might engage with you a little more just because they know that they like they don't like you. But at least they know that for sure. You know, like, <laughs> they're not they're not guessing, you know, around it. So, I, I mean, I hope people can can have that energy and still get along. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think that's that's, that's true. I mean, I it may just be projections and biases or whatever. But there's some people in some groups that I'm in that I am fairly confident do not like me and like not just like don't really like me, but actively dislike me. And and that's cool because honestly, I can tell because, well, again, it could just be in my head, but it definitely seems like it. But, but when we are in, you know, social circles where we're, you know, together, like working together, whether it's in a Facebook group or in person, it's not like some gross toxic thing where, you know, like I feel all night like I'm being shot daggers at. It doesn't it doesn't have to be like that because at the end of the day, I mean, if everybody liked me, I wouldn't have any flavor. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I hear you. I hear you. I think <laughs> I think I'm still trying to figure out my flavor. I'm always conscious about being too nice. And, you know, I always kinda turn I always tell people that it's my fault because like, uh, you know, I think like it would be, I, there's always, you know, sayings about trusting people who are too nice or like you shouldn't trust people who are too nice, right? And I'm always thinking to myself, like, damn, like, damn is that me? Is that is that how I come off as? Uh, so I'm super <laughs> conscious about that sometimes. Ooh. But then at the end, of, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I want to hear what you're going to say at the end of the day. At the end of the day, like, I feel like I'd rather be too nice than anything else. So it, it's like, that's where I'm at with it. Like people can can second guess my motives or whatever, but I know what I'm trying to do. And yeah, that's all that really matters to me. It's like, I can't control what people are going to think. I think that you may be mistaking nice for kind. Um, I think that you, again, again, I know that I've only known you a little bit, but, but I mean, it's obviously been very deep interactions as podcast is the nature of podcasting. Um, 
I think that you're very kind. I don't find you to be very like nice in the sense, because like, the thing is, anyone can be nice. Cruel people can be nice. Horrible people can be nice. People who do not have people's best interests at heart can be nice. Um, because niceness is about social appropriateness and it's about getting people to like you and all sorts of stuff. Whereas kindness comes from that empathy piece and from that that respect piece that you were talking about earlier. Um, it comes from a genuine desire for your fellow man to do well. And, you know, nice guys finish last and all those sa- those sayings are not about kind people. They're mm. about nice people. I got you. I got, so. thank, thank you for that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I have to remember that sometimes. Then. It's, uh, and it's not about being nice. It's about being kind. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So before we move on to our super, super fun game, um, can you tell people where they can find you? And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Tell them a little bit more about the podcast because I'm sure they haven't figured it out yet. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so where you can find me is on the, the big three, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I, mean, I call it the big three. I'm sure Twitter's in there somewhere. <laughs> Facebook's in there somewhere. <laughs> but I am not as active on those other ones as I am on the first three, as I said. Uh, and yeah, you can catch all the episodes there. I don't really have seasons or anything. It's like one long season. I don't know if it's the same <laughs> for you. But uh, yeah, it's just one long season. The podcast is uh, just a mixture of all the folks I've ever known in my life and people I'm continuing to meet. And it's been a, a, a great journey. Uh, I don't think, I don't want to stop. I hope I never have to. And, you know, if you're out there listening to this, would love to be a pod, um, would love for you to be a guest too. You know, everybody's story is super unique, special, and I'm crazy because I want to hear everybody's, everybody's <laughs> stuff. Uh, and yeah, no pressure. But my big thing, my big thing that I feel like people, I wish they could understand is that it doesn't have to be released if you come on the show. Uh, If anything, I would love it to be like a personal thing that you have for yourself and for your family and friends. Um, I think that's a big turnoff for a lot of folks. Like, oh, I don't want to be out there for everybody. Like, you don't have to be. I I just want to be able to help you have this for yourself and for for your folks. So, yeah, that's uh, a... That's You're so not kind. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> um, Good catch. To, uh, to answer your question, um, we uh, I got to like episode 63 or something and was like, all right, it's season two. Um, so super organized as everything he is here at the Conquest of Bliss. Um, all right. So are you ready to guess some 1950s slang? Shoot it. Shoot it to me. All right. I cannot guarantee the accuracy of these, but uh, but we're going to pretend like in this world, it is 100% accurate. All right. All right. What is a bird dog? Ooh, a bird dog. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've heard this in a movie, but I want to say a bird dog is a friend. Like it's like a homie. Or <laughs> I would say it's not really a friend because it's someone who tries to steal your girlfriend. Oh, So it's a dog who tries to steal your bird, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, that'd be your friend sometimes. So. <laughs> but I got you. All right. All right. What's a paper shaker? Paper shaker. All right. That sounds like a dance move. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. It's a cheerleader. Oh. So it's someone who, who I, I I don't know. I didn't. I think it, I think no. your answer is good. Well, uh, <laughs> close. I was close with it. I was close with it. Um, what about peepers? The. 
and talk about my eyes. No. I would yeah, have said eyes you? too, but apparently it was glasses, but I don't believe it. So oh. I'm going to give it to you. Because I'm thinking Jeepers Creepers, where'd you get those peepers? They're not talking yes. about glasses. Yes, that song. <laughs> it haunts me in my dreams to this day. You know? <laughs> Um, these ones all seem okay. I feel like these are all pretty obvious. But what's gangbusters? I mean, are they police? <laughs> 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 so I've always heard like you know something about gangbusters, like oh those do this like gangbusters, or like it, it has to do with like getting something done in in a quick way or fast way. But it's yeah, a, anything that's successful. So mm. I just moved. It was gangbusters. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, police. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do... Okay, everyone knows what having a ball is. Mm. Stupid website. Okay, sorry. I have to scroll back up. No, Ooh, you're fine. Stacked. What does it mean when someone is stacked? Uh, they got a lot of money. That's what I would have guessed. But apparently it's a woman with an ample bosom. That's how it wrote it, too. <sighs> An I was trying to bosom. be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last. Oh, let's do two more. This okay. one is a second to last and maybe least. Who knows? Curtain climbers. And it's it's not dirty because I know the uh, last. <laughs> <laughs> uh, curtain climbers. Are they? Yeah. Are they another word for babies? Yes. It's children. Oh, my God. Of course I get to. <laughs> The youth one. <laughs> <laughs> Last but maybe least is Antsville, which I'm going to start saying from now on. Antsville. Oh, is that kind of like ants in your pants? You're kind of antsy? No, I'll give you a clue. It would be very, very cool, like normal to say that New York or L.A. are Antsville. Really? Yeah. That I, place that's... is Antsville. <laughs> That that's kind of going over my head. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of why where that came from and it's why Antsville. A, a highly congested place. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. yeah. Now so I, like, I could have said Tokyo too, but I've never been to Tokyo. Well, I've never been to New York or LA either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could have said San Francisco. I've been there, but. I feel like it's not more congested than Vancouver, in which case I should have just said Vancouver and repped Canada. So I just made a big mess of that. Um, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Anseville, though. I got you. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to start saying that. And I'm like, I'm not going to Vancouver. That place is Anseville. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Um, nobody's going to understand me. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. That's, you know, that's the past coming back. So Yeah, yeah. Can you believe? Okay. I'm sure that this... Maybe you can. 70 years ago, 1950 was 71 years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I know that, like, I'm 31 as well, and I know that we weren't around for then, but I feel like it shouldn't be that far ago. It feels like it's 50 years ago. Everything stopped at 2000 for me. I mean, because that's, that's, that's where our, our mindset, our soul. I mean, so, like, the reason why I think, like, classic music, like, what, what, whatever you consider classic music versus someone born in the 80s is that. That 12, 13, 14, whatever is going on in our heads and whatever we hear, I think is just embedded in our heads as classic. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's what it's going to always be. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. 90s, 2000, early 2000s, I'm forever living in, in that decade in my mind. <laughs> Me too. And like, I keep hearing these these Gen Zers, and I love Gen Zers, but I keep hearing these Gen Zers saying they were born in the 1900s, and it upsets me because because uh, that makes us sound a lot older than we are. 
that might make us feel we should we should try to think of it as like we're immortal you know like we're we out we <laughs> yeah. out here we out here living forever so yeah we're in the last century kiddo <laughs> yeah. we got a lot to learn i don't know why i keep doing my my accent but that's cool um i like before, it i like it <laughs> before uh before i say goodbye to the audience is there anything you'd like to add or anyone you'd like to shout out or you know whatever you can do whatever you want for the next like 35 seconds Shoot. Well, let me shout out you first. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. Definitely appreciate it. Um, it's been great to catch up with you and talk. And, uh, you know, thank you for giving me my space to to kind of like tell my story. And yeah, honestly, want to shout out everybody in the world. Like, because <laughs> I don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, you know, you're, you're playing your part and continue to play your part, uh, even if you don't think you are. Uh, you're doing it just being you. So keep keep doing you guys, and uh, and gals, and uh, all, and everybody. Because I don't want to. Yeah, we get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got people. You me. <laughs> yes, keep doing your thing, people. And yeah, so I think those are the shout-outs, everybody and you. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Jan. And this was just so much fun. I knew it would be. I was so excited. Um, and to my audience, I love you. Bye.